So what you're saying is this community gave you the encouragement and support and perhaps uh, overshadowed or even overshouted the committee inside of your head. Mm -hmm. And quite often, if you're surrounding yourself with people who tell you why you can't do something, I would suggest that you change company. I would also. So what you're talking about is the first thing that you – you didn't come up there just speaking extra extraneously off the top of your head Mm. Uh, you already had things prepared okay so what you're talking about is journaling and i know that we deal a lot of people feel socially awkward yeah they feel awkward in crowds because they're afraid they're going to say something stupid or wrong or people are going to laugh at them they don't know how to interject themselves into conversations however what you're talking about is you're starting off with the journaling but then people will say well how do i start what do i say what do i do Uh, what would you suggest to somebody journaling is a wonderful way Mm -hmm. to really not only express your feelings, but into contact with yourself. So could you explain to someone who says, Joanna, uh, that sounds great. How do I start? Well, there are really beautiful mediums now. Uh, There are open mics and safe ones, too, where there are brand new performers. There are experienced. There are awkward and weird and halting and there are smooth and professional and there are safe places in order to go and where if you are willing to get on the stage people are willing to be there when you fall off of it that's one way uh, safe open mics but if that if you're not ready for even that the the beautiful just one step disconnect of being able to Put a thought out on Facebook. You get to test, and how beautiful to get to test a thought with a group of friends, to get to test a thought, and and to begin to gain a hold, a little control, and it's a it's a separated social interaction, but it's still social interaction. And I know it can be a crutch, and I know it can be an addiction, but I also want to talk about the the value, of, especially of those people who feel trapped in their rooms, who feel that crippling fear of actually having a conversation face-to-face. How beautiful that you can reach somebody and, and you can begin to test that. And you can let your ideas start forming and taking hold and maturing. I think I think that's great. What do you say to someone who is even has the fear to do that, however, does have a book or a tablet, or a piece of paper, or a pencil, or some type of writing instrument, sitting alone in their room. However, they don't know what to write. And one of the things is, if they truly express their own thoughts, their fear is that someone else will read it. So, what do you? What do you have? How, how do you approach someone like that? I'm fairly certain you've been in that spot. Yeah, I really have. Well, the journal, the physical copy of things that's I'll I'll address the fear of that after the first one um the biggest step between between writing and not writing something is just putting your pencil to the page and I think you need to take away that first expectation that I have I've had these gorgeous journals before at home that my expectation for them is so this journal deserves high <laughs> thoughts, the perfectly 
perfectly flushed out ideas and worthy art, and that's bullshit. <laughs> if we didn't start somewhere, then we wouldn't get anywhere. And so put your pen to a page, and if you have to, I had to give myself permission to screw up and to say unpretty things and awkward things, and I gave myself a scrap journal where I said, I can write in this because I got so, so hopped up on... I, I need the perfect pen and I need to have a good handwriting day and I need to have the perfect thoughts. Well, if you set yourself up that way, you will keep failing. But if you give yourself permission and it sounds so simple and so stupid, but I gave myself a journal that I said, I can do whatever in whatever format I write in whatever I can scratch. I can cross things out. I can be messy. I can have a line, a poem. I can write down quotes whatever it is, and then they start to take form. And then you go, I have a thought to add to that, or I have a picture to add to that. And don't, it's not about what you put in that journal. It's just about starting and giving yourself permission. Giving yourself permission and starting. And this is where a lot of people, including myself, Mike, you, everyone on the street, has trouble starting. And I say, just put your pen to paper and scribble. It's a start. Yeah. And... Quite often, I'm sure that you've heard this, oh, I'll know when the time's right for me to write. I'll know when the time's right for me to get involved in there. I'm just waiting for the right time. So what do we always say on this show? What time is it? It's, it's now. right now. It's right now. One of my uh, mentors, Dr. Uh, Safter Chaudhry, would often say to me, because he was well aware that in the Hall of Fame of Procrastination, mm. my statue is definitely inside there. So... He would say to me, tell me, Jim, what he kind of, I knew it was coming. He'd say, tell me, Jim, what do you have to do today? Well, I have, eh, I got to write this letter. I got to do this. I said, well, he'd say, well, Jim, when do you plan to do that? And I'd say, eh, maybe tonight. I see, he said, and he'd, I've heard this hundreds of times from him. He'd put his finger on the, on his desk and he'd say, how about right now? Right now, Jim, let's do it right now and I'll help you. So did you have any type of a mentor? Did you have any type of a person who eventually kind of guided you a bit? I've had, I've had many. Uh, I have had really, it seems, especially through the most traumatic, I have always had a friend or groups of friends that tell me that who point out, you know, they hold a mirror up to my bad habits. And they also show me what that right now thing I had a friend, and I have a thing about paperwork gives me anxiety. And I will I will just avoid and the whole process of well, I have to I have to do this online. And then I have to find the paperwork to support the things that I put online. And it's just too, and I hate it. And I have trouble doing it. And I had a friend over and he was like, Okay, you make coffee and we're doing it right now. And I'm like, I don't want to right now. And he was like, yeah, we're going to do it right now because this is what you and your family needed. It was, it was, uh, applying to a, to a program in order to get some aid. And, and he was like, okay, open up your computer. I'm going to sit here and do this with you. I had somebody do the same thing with me for taxes where I'm like, but they're asking me a question. He was like, right, this is how you answer that question. And so going through it once, even to have somebody walk through that process with you, it makes it less scary the next time. It makes it seem less like a mountain and more like a staircase. So what 
you've done is you've prepared yourself to also be in a position to mentor others. I, I try, I try my, my gifts are definitely, I have had friends over these last few years who have given of themselves and their time, their spirit and generosity that I don't know if I am capable of returning. Uh, and so I try to give what I am capable of, of returning. And I, I see my friends in need and when I'm able to give, when I'm able to encourage or when I'm able to relate, sometimes that is, that's the best, but it's also sometimes the best tool that I have where I'm like, I see where you are and I get it. Well, quite often what we do is we make living amends. We make living amends. There's nothing that you could, as I've often talked about in this show, my mother was the last friend I had in my recovery, the last friend, and she wasn't happy with me either. Uh, So the idea was, could I have given her a diamond ring or a fur coat or a trip around the world and said, okay, we're even? No. What I what she would rather have me do is behave like I should have behaved all along. Model behavior. Continue to carry the message. There's a responsibility pledge in Alcoholics Anonymous, and it says, when anyone anywhere reaches out for help, I want the hand of AA to be there, and for that I am responsible. So what we often ask people to do is rather than paying someone back, what we can do is what we call gratitude's an action word, Joanna. It's, it's an action word that means that it must go forward. Okay, that means that it's your responsibility to be show a kindness to another and help another person, not necessarily that individual who helped you to somebody else who has the honesty, open mindedness and willingness to try. So you have a lot going on in your life. Uh, so every everybody out there, I've got too much to do. There's no time. I have no time. Oh, I'm so I'm so frazzled. I'm so worn out. I'm over, overstressed. And believe I'm not. We're not downplaying that. We're not downplaying that. We understand. And one of the most insulting things that a person can say to another human being is, "I know how you feel." No one knows how you feel. So talk a little bit about the stress in your life and how you find some type of some type of meaningfulness in walking the middle path in your life well with working four jobs and with a new more demanding schedule with my daughter that i am thankful for i've lost both the familiarity of the pattern that i had before but i've also lost whatever balance uh So this last year has been particularly, I, as I told you before we started recording, I feel like a cat on the side of a bullet train and I am just holding on and hoping that the things that are supposed to happen are the things that are supposed to happen, but oh my goodness. And I can't, I can't, there was a a moment where I, I, I told a close friend where I said, I cannot figure out there is no space left in my brain in order to figure out how to take laundry and put it downstairs and then go back down and check on it and change it over and bring it upstairs. I can't plan that. There is no room left. And that was, that was that day. And I, I think also giving yourself permission. I've, I've tried to weigh out 
responsibility with obligation. And when I go, you know, and I had another close friend going, if you can't, you can't. And that's okay. Instead of I should, and that's again, putting that burden, I should be able to, I should. Well, you know what? I don't have time to do laundry today and I don't have time to cook a meal today, but I will eat and I have clean clothes. We are, and so it's, it's readjusting my expectations on the small scale so that I don't feel because I have, I have the habit of taking that I can't do laundry today and internalizing that as a big failure. And I'm sure I am not unique in that, but I realize saying it out loud, how stupid that is or how, how foolish I can't do laundry today means that I failed at life. So I, I say these things out loud to people who will listen. And then I try to listen to the words coming back to me. But I also have, um, I've also realized that over the years and while I'm struggling for balance, there have been other friends who are, who have gone through, through death and through loss and through health issues and, while I can't be there in the way that I, that I feel like I should or I feel like I want, I, I try to trust that they know I love them in the same way that I would know the same of them, where I, I try not to put my own shortcut to project them and, and to go, I am doing what I can and I will help when I can. And beyond that, I'm not asking that of anybody else. I'm going to try to trust that they won't of me. And if they do, I cannot be all things to all people. You know, I, Christ said that he was all things to all people. And I realize I am not, and I can't. And there's, there's a certain relief and acceptance to go like, I have let people down. And I will let people down and I will try not to do that. And I will try to give myself and other people expectations that they won't be disappointed in me and I won't be disappointed in myself. It's a little bit different, but something that you touched on before that may or may not be useful to someone. One of the ways that I keep myself moving forward, even when I don't have time, when I don't have the energy, when I can't figure out if I make myself responsible, not just to myself, but I make other people, I add other people to the equation, then it makes sure that I get things done. I've made my theater company bigger than myself. So when I don't keep pursuing that, I am letting people down. So come hell or high water, I keep moving forward. And it's something that even when I can't find the energy and I can't find the time, it is feeding my spirit for tomorrow. It is feeding my spirit so that when I look back, I go, I did do that and I'm proud of that work. And this is something that I have built into the foundation of my life because other people are depending on me. And that can be a really incredibly motivational tool. So you've talked about and touched on a number of topics. The first one being, you've said this a number of times during our conversation, I said to myself. So you're actually speaking to this yourself 
this sometimes dysregulated thinker or unruly child, and you're actually speaking to yourself like you'd speak to a friend. Yeah. And the second thing that I heard from you, Joanna, is you say the words out loud. Okay. I said these words out loud. And quite often what we ask people to do is say the words out loud so they get comfortable with the sound of their own voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked about this before. However, it bears repeating. Uh, The first time that you heard your recorded voice played back to you, it may have been when you were small. How did that sound to you? Like an alien. (laughs) It felt crazy. That's what I sound like. What a weird voice. What? I mean, yeah, it it was it was and the same thing with seeing myself on film for the first time. I I I hid behind my hands. It was uncomfortable. And this is what other people hear and other people see all the time, but we don't get that perspective. So what we ask people to do is get comfortable with the sound of their own voice and saying it out loud. The next thing I heard from you was you listen to your friends. You listen to people who cared about you, who has who had your best interest in their heart, and that involves active listening. Eighty uh, percent of communication is active listening. How does that? How's that worked in your life? When did you learn how to listen, Joanna? I learned it from the people who listened to me, and what I have been working hard on and actively and I won't perfect it until the day I die. Um, but people gave me, gave me their ear and gave me their insight. And I have my whole life. I have tended to be self-centered and, um, and that not intentionally. So, I mean, we are born self-centered and we have to learn how to see other people And it's been an exercise to go, when I did that, and sometimes it'll be an afterthought, but I'll realize, wait a minute, they said something and I didn't respond. And I would have wanted a response, so I'll text somebody, hey, I loved the shirt that you were wearing, or hey, I'm really sorry to hear that that job is putting such a drain on you. I want them to know they're not alone because that's that was what was so valuable to me is people heard and were willing to give their time, give their thoughts and their their troubleshooting to me. That is was an incredible gift. And I want to be able to give that back. And I have learned that some people just need like, here is a space and it is yours and I'm here with you in it. And I've had some of the most valuable conversations. And I know that giving somebody that silence, that time, was the best gift I could have given them. And I'm thankful for that. And so because that has been some of the best gift that I have ever received, I try to take opportunity to see other people in that. Another word that I've heard you use throughout our conversation today was I am. When you says, I realized I am, or I told myself I am. I am another two most very powerful words that you can say to yourself. I am. It's a great form of self-validation. When you get up in the morning, I am, I am, I am. And saying those words to yourself, 
other people can say, oh, honey, you're great, blah, 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 all these different types of things like a father would say to their daughter, all right? But until you start to say those words to yourself out loud and use those IMs, self-validation is absolutely the most powerful tool that you have. Another thing that I heard you talk about was acceptance, Mm. acceptance. So we often talk on this show, Joanna, that life can be divided into two columns, things I can control and things I cannot. Unfortunately, we seem to spend most of our time in the things I can't control column, yep. worrying and anxiety. And we believe that if I worry hard enough about mm-hmm. something, then it, it's, it's going to make a difference. Yeah, it's going to make a difference. It can be fixed. That also steals the joy and the momentum and the energy from the time that we do have. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it, sometimes it takes a conscious effort to take the marbles out of that column and put them in the other column and constantly going, is this, I, and when I'm, when I'm stressed out and again, it takes a lot of being aware when I get a feeling of anxiety, when I get it, okay, I'm stressed out. What am I stressed out about? Is there anything that I can do to lessen this stress? Is there anything that I can do? Okay. And realizing that you can be proactive to go, can I, is there something I can do to be less stressed? Let's do it. And doing that or nope, this is, there is absolutely nothing to do well. And, and there's even a a piece in that acceptance of nothing to do. So you're talking about stepping back and looking at a situation rather than from it. And unfortunately, that's where we spend most of our time in situations. And we talk about this frequently on the show. Also, there's another 12-step term that we use that you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. (laughs) Okay. So, and that doesn't just apply to drug or alcohol addiction or gambling or any type of addiction like that. It's when you're in anxiety or in your, or maybe you're in depression or maybe even in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You can't read the label of that relationship. I'm sure that you've had friends before, or maybe you've been involved in relationships. They've been involved in relationships. And maybe you said to one of your friends, says, can't you see what's going on here? This person is awful for you. And then they get angry. Angry at who? They don't get angry at themselves. They get angry at you. Yep. Because somehow it's your fault that you see something that they don't or that you have an opinion even though, yeah, it's... You can read a label, however they cannot. Oh, right. As they're inside. Wouldn't yeah. it be nice if everyone could step outside and read the label? Uh, Joanna, you've certainly been delightful and I understand that you have some time constraints here that you need to go somewhere. So perhaps we'd... Love to have uh, you on the show again to discuss uh, relationship issues. I would love that. We'd, uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there who would certainly appreciate your insight uh, on relationships and what makes a good one, what makes a bad one, and more importantly, how to leave them. So that's, And if I, if I can yes, add in please. a closing thought to that, I feel maybe for the first time that I am on the outside of a bottle and able to read that label. So I would love to speak from that place. Wonderful. And we'd certainly love to have you on again. Actually, we're going to hold you to that. We're going to ask you to commit. So as always, at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription, fruits, nuts, and vegetables, unplug your television, and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Forgive yourself, forgive another, do a kindness for yourself, to a kindness for another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste.
please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.